without much ado i want us to go into the word straight into where we left off from last week regarding our teaching on quantifying spirituality we need to understand that our spirituality is a big deal i want you to tell somebody this your spirituality is a big deal one more time your spirituality is a big deal so when we speak of quantifying spirituality like we said we are speaking of how you measure Hallelujah. So we're speaking about how you measure, how you monitor, and how you assess the progress of your spiritual journey with God. A lot of times, many don't know that there is a reason why you write exam. The, the purpose or the reason why you write an exam is to assess your retention level, how well you've been able to um, retain the things that you've been taught. We need to understand that as people of God, there is a great need to measure the progress of your spiritual life. We have explained severally that life itself is measured. Those who know how to measure life rule life. We've said a lot about quantifying spirituality. Last week, uh, we looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 13, the verse 5. And the Bible says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. That word examine is from the Greek word peirazo, P-E-I-R-A-Z-O, peirazo, which means to scrutinize. It means to test. It means to prove for the purpose of ascertaining quality. So it is very expedient that every child of God must access, must assess, must monitor, must scrutinize the progress of his spiritual life. And um, there are five main things that you need to access as a child of God. Number one, you must know how much time you spend daily, weekly, and monthly in prayer. You must know how much time you spend daily weekly and monthly in prayer we did some assessments last two weeks and i said you you will not know how much you are conquering in the spirit until you begin to measure your spiritual progress so for example if you are able to at least pray for 30 minutes that's minimum of 30 minutes um, in a day in seven days which is a week how many hours would you have prayed three hours 30 minutes right now multiply three hours 30 minutes by four that's how much okay let's assume what that's 14 hours multiply 14 hours times 12 
that's 168 hours now which means that if a believer gives himself continually consistently without breaking a minimum of 30 minutes prayer per day by the end of uh, the year he should pray how many hours 168 hours and 168 hours is a very big deal I've seen some people eating outside please someone should tell them outside that when we are preaching the word we don't eat so all those outside should come in and come to listen to the word of God hallelujah so you should be able to pray how many hours for the year 168 hours so imagine you you do it one hour so if you pray one hour a day in a week how many hours should you pray seven hours multiply seven hours by four making what 28 hours in a week multiply that by four what I can't hear you 200 and what 112 hours in a month multiply that by 12 making 1300 and what no that's uh, who is who is that giving us uh, false information here please get it right one hour multiplied by seven is seven hours seven multiplied uh, seven multiplied by four which is 28 hours 28 multiplied by 12 and you said thousand two all right so that's what 300 and what 336 hours that is if you are able to pray one hour a day so by the end of the year you are praying 300 and what 36 hours that's a serious matter in the spirit but you see if we don't quantify our spiritual life the way i'm explaining it you will not be able to realize so much progress that you're making in the spirit i'm going to come to a place very soon you're going to learn a lot from there number two you should be able to know how much time you spend in the bible daily weekly and monthly you should be able to know what how much time you spend in bibles that means bible reading bible study daily weekly and monthly now I, I i'm just tempted to go ahead of myself so imagine you know that you're supposed to read two or three chapters of the bible a day by that discipline you know you are far behind time if friday comes and you have not opened your bible you know you are owing are you getting this thing i'm saying so there is a certain spiritual discipline it places you in you put yourself under spiritual pressure it is very necessary to do that are we here number three you should be able to know how many christian literatures you read daily weekly and monthly when i say christian literatures i'm talking about christian books hear me if you really want to be serious when you work with god okay you will need more than a bible you will need a bible and you will need christian books 
There are people that have walked with God. There are people that have talked with God. There are people that have had a relationship with God, which they have penned down through books. The kind of knowledge they have from God are things they learn over 30 years of work with God. What happens when you tap into such knowledge is that you will not need to use 30 hours to conquer when they did what they did in 30 years. Sorry, 30 years, I mean. You will not need that same 30 years. Are you following what I'm saying? So, people paid prices to put their thoughts in their work with God into a material. You also must pay the price to read those thoughts from the material. Then that later becomes your experience. At least, minimum, I read two chapters of a book every day. Either online or physical books. Currently, my library is almost worth 50,000 Ghana cities. I have almost close to 4,000 books in my prayer room. So that puts me under pressure to read. Hear me. If you want to be serious about your Christian life, you have to learn to buy books. Write that down. If you want to be serious about your Christian life, you have to learn to buy books. It's a spiritual discipline. And if you don't learn this thing now, I don't know when you're going to learn that. You must spend money buying Christian books. There are books on prayer you must buy. There are books on kingdom finances. Listen, I had to learn how kingdom finances operate from Bishop David Oyepo, I had to learn it. Every part of your life today that you are suffering from is a knowledge problem. It's an ignorance problem. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Every major problem in your life today is an ignorance problem. Everything the Christian would need, God's power has made it available by the Holy Ghost and by the Word of God. Are you following what I'm saying? So, Christian literatures are very powerful. You know, my prayer life, my devotional life with God is shifted through books. It's shifted through what? Books. I came into contact with men like Leonard Ravin here. Men like A.W. Tozer. Men like Franklin Hall. You've heard I fasted 40 days last two years on water, coconut water. Last year, this year I did uh, uh, more than half of it on water and coconut water. The rest I did on little porridge and fruits. Now, you'll be wondering, how is that possible? I never knew it was possible. I never knew any human being could do that kind of fast. Until I tapped it from a man called Franklin Hall, who wrote one book, The Atomic Power of Fasting and Prayer, in 1946. I've not seen that book physically again. I had it online and I printed it and I read it and I saw people who were working, women who had children, they were working and yet they were doing 30 days, 21 days only on water. And I said, what strange creatures are these? And these were human beings. He, that man taught the science of fasting. It was him that made me realize that if you are fasting without drinking water, you are causing more danger to your, your body. I learned it from him. He was the one that taught the science of doing longer fastings without any medical complication. I learned it from him. So listen, major problems in your life are knowledge problems. Buy books. Every month you must buy books. Just two weeks ago, I bought books worth thousand something. Just two weeks ago. 
And when I was playing the guy, I wanted to cry. Because that was very expensive. About 20 something books. 27 or 26 books. 1,200 and something. Very painful. But what I'm going to gain from those books will be worth more than 1,000 Ghana cities. I saved my future. I saved my children. I saved my relationship with God. I saved so many things. I've said this before. I say again. Every Christian that wants to be serious with God must have a library. Did you hear me? Every Christian that needs to be serious with God must have a library. At least a minimum library. You make a carpenter do a small shelf. If it's a single room, you put the shelf on the side, then you pack some books on it. Have some 50 books in your house. Different, different subjects. Prayer. Kingdom finance. Service. Give me some other ones. Discipleship, relationship, born again, soul within, get some knowledge. Please, am I helping you? Don't leave your life to chance. Read, 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 read. I'm always reading, so I'm always updated in the spirit. There are some books I love reading, books that were written in the early 18s. Those books, most of the modern books, they, they, they dabbed most of that knowledge from those books. Tell someone, get a library. Hmm. Dr. Miles Marone spent close to $500 every month buying a book. How many of you have heard of the name of, he's now gone to be with the Lord. Dr. Miles Marone, how many have heard his name before? I learned that from him. He finishes two books every week. Every week. Multiply that by a month. If you are reading two books every week, by a month, how many books should you conquer? Eight books. Multiply that by 12. Making what? What? Hey, Charlie Momas. Momas in Koye Krao. That's what? 96. Now, I don't trust Elijah too much. Are you sure? 96. So you can imagine, he reads 96 books every year. No wonder. Governors, presidents, kings, chiefs, he gives them counsel on how to draw plans for their nation. Wrote books on relationship, wrote books on prayer, wrote books almost concerning everything. I learned how to fast and pray from that man. You are having bad relationship. Eh? He has written books on it. How many books do you have on relationship? You have no book on relationship. Yet you are yearning for a relationship. You are believing God for a relationship. And when it comes, how do you sustain it? Please, am I helping somebody here? So you see, there are some of you, eh? you have not prepared for anything in your life. You haven't prepared for anything in your life. I have about 10 books on marriage and relationship. Hey! 
Learn when you have the knowledge now. Learn. Number three. Is it three or four? Four. All right. You must know how many scriptures you memorize daily, weekly, and monthly. You must know how many scriptures you memorize daily, weekly, and what? Monthly. There are a lot of spiritual bonbon Christians around. There are some Christians, I pray they are not here, who can't even memorize John 3.16. I can't tell you. Those times, eh? you know now, everything about church has changed. Those times when people go to church in the morning at 7 o'clock, do you know the time they return? Sometimes at 6 p.m. And they have different sessions. My dad was telling me when they were at Divine Healers Church. My dad was part of the people that founded Divine Healers Church before they broke away to start United Christian Ministries. When they go to church at 8, they close church at 4. There's a session where you do Bible memorization. There's a session before they even start the service. They spend close to two hours doing Bible studies. Doing Bible study, answering tough questions. So by the time you leave church, you are tough. Now, when you even preach more than one, are you the pastor? You are afraid. Because someone will watch you with an eye in the spirit and in the flesh. An alarm will just be pong pong. Last time I heard someone say that the, the human brain cannot be able to take information more than 45 minutes. I said, Who said that? The people you, you have been going to the university, they say, even they, they say they'll give you three credit hours. Three credit hours. And your mind cannot take 45 minutes. What mind is that? It has a colo mind. See, many have accepted believe all kinds of philosophies. So you have believed that philosophy. So after one hour, then you close your mind. Do you know what this mind can do? Learn to memorize scriptures. I have memorized over 2,000 scriptures in my mind. I know where they are. I may paraphrase some of them, but I know where they are. I took time. They were years ago. If I read my Bible reading and I find the scripture very powerful, I memorize it. When I am eating, I try to recollect it. If I don't get it, I put the food down and go back to confirm it before I come back eating. That's like I'm, I was able to memorize chapters. Memorize chapters. Few Christians memorize scriptures. One advantage memorizing scripture gives you is that in time of tr trouble, you can be able to fetch it out without having a physical Bible with you. Because you may not hold the Bible with you physically. A scripture will pop up. Listen to me. The Bible calls the Holy Ghost a helper. And helper means that you must be doing something before he helps you. So listen to me. The Holy Ghost will do nothing when you have nothing. You see, many Christians have blamed God wrongly. They said, God, where are you? What foundation are you laying for him to help? I'm teaching God here. So listen to me. Memorizing scriptures is an advantage for you. I'm telling you. It's an advantage for you. 
I remember those times I had a book where I write my favorite scriptures. I go through them. So it was a small book. I write all those scriptures then I keep looking at them. I need to start again. And I memorize scriptures there. Tell somebody, learn to memorize scriptures. You know, when you meet a man eh, who has, who is saturated with the word of God, just listen to his prayer. You realize that 90% of his prayer are scripture based. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. There's no place I will ever go and stand, whether prepared or not prepared, and they'll call me, come and preach, and I'll not have a word. The reason why your heart is beating, or we give you a microphone, and then you're uncomfortable, you're afraid, your mouth is shaking, is because there is nothing, there's nothing. You are spiritually empty, you're an empty tank. So, you don't have any confidence to glean. Listen, memorizing scriptures gives you confidence. Because just one scripture alone that comes to memory can stay up faith in you. Please, can you help me to ask your neighbor, how many scriptures have you memorized so far in your entire life? <laughs> get feedback, get feedback, get feedback. Ask the question. Tell the person, let's try, let's try something. Give me some few verses that you have memorized. John 3, 16 is not bad. John eleven thirty five 35 is not bad. Jesus didn't weep, I beg you. Right now, listen. <laughs> Can I help you? You see, the reason why some of these things, when we are talking about spirituality, these are some of the things that helps you. You must have every session in your life in scripture that you should memorize at least three scriptures there. Salvation. You must have at least three scriptures on salvation. So we are talking of salvation. Okay. Ephesians chapter 2, the verse 8 and 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works. Let any man should boast. Romans, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, the verse 8 and 9. So you know that in salvation, you have Ephesians chapter 2. I don't know who is the one who is typing the scriptures who is checking it the scriptures is still not there <laughs> for by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourself is a gift of God the verse 9 he says it is not of works lest any man should boast so at least you have one key one day Second Timothy 1 the verse 9 and 10 he says that who has saved you and called you with a holy calling not according to your, your works but according to his own purpose and grace which he purposed in time in, uh, which he purposed and has given us in Christ Jesus before the world began so at least you know that hey this area to Titus 3 5 you realize that when we speak of salvation salvation is not of your works Titus 3 5 he says not of works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and by the renewal of the Holy Ghost so when we speak of salvation you should be able to memorize at least three when we speak of the gift of righteousness you should tell us at least two on giving get at least two scriptures on prayer oh for that one when you squeeze me prayer will come out you should be able to memorize how many verses do you have on prayer? He says, pray without season. The day you are down, when you remember that verse, it will wake you up. Pray without season. Acts 4, he says, but we will give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Romans 12, 12, he says, be instant in prayer. Colossians 4, 2, he speaks on prayer. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication. 
in the spirit. So listen, you should be able to know major key areas, key subjects with scriptures that indicates it. It, it will help you. You know, have you realized that when um, you find a group of spiritual believers who are talking, they're talking about the word of God. They're quoting scriptures. Now, whoa. <laughs> you have no testimony. And they are talking. He says, oh, the last time I checked the scripture in the book of Romans chapter 5, the verse 16. This was, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that place. There's another one too I can track from another side. Another reference. You can check Romans chapter 8, the verse 1 to 2. Oh, there's none there for no condemnation. Yeah, yeah, it's true. The, the Greek word for condemnation there is katakrima. Wow, it means no sentence. Wow, that's amazing. Not your... Uh, so, wow. 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 You have nothing. Have nothing, so I know the song you're singing. I have more than a song, and you want to listen. There's a certain confidence you get when you stuff yourself with scriptures. Psalm 119, the verse 9 is how can a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed to the word of God? That's your secret. The verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. He's telling you the secret to walking above sin. Praise God. So, memorize scriptures. Every weekend, have a target that you should memorize at least three scriptures. Before you realize that, eh, those, you know, you realize that as Christian, as a Christian, your thoughts sometimes you get bad thoughts, bad imagination, bad suggestions. All this is because the word of God is not filling your thought. You realize that most of these temptations will stop because now you are busy searching through scriptures. You are, you are busy. All the scriptures I give you when I teach you, now they should, should become reference points for memory. It will start shifting you. Now your priorities will start changing. I'm teaching with you. Hmm. Can we proceed? You know when you read the book of Daniel chapter 6 verse 10, we were able to realize that Daniel quantified his spiritual life. They were able to realize that Daniel prayed three times a day. That's spiritual quantification. So Daniel prayed three times every single day. If they didn't quantify their spiritual lives, we would never have been energized by this account. That means it's possible. Muslims pray five times a day whether they feel like or not. Jews pray three times a day. Christians pray when they are in the mood. It's a shame. We pray when we are in trouble. We pray when we are led. We pray when we get time. We pray when we are free. Have you realized how we are failing on every side? Because we don't get this holy art of spirituality. David, in the book of Psalms, chapter 55, the verse 17, David confirmed that he prayed evening, morning, and afternoon. Will I pray and cry aloud? David was telling us his spiritual quantification. He prayed three times a day. 
in Psalm 164, the verse 165, he says, seven times a day will I praise you. So he prayed three times a day and praised seven times. This man was teaching us something. No wonder he lost no battle. Huh. I know many of you know uh, Apostle Joseph Babalola. In his house, they prayed every two hours that passed by. So they prayed 6 o'clock a.m., 9 a.m., 12 noon, 3 p.m., 6 p.m., 9 p.m., 12 a.m., 3 a.m., and 6 a.m. Every day. He's dead and gone long ago. They are still doing it. Every two hours. As long as you are in his home. Now his home, I'm told, is like a city. Many people are living there. They are still doing it. They'll ring a bell. 6 a.m. Bring. 9 a.m. Clean. You come and pray for one hour. 12. Clean. You, the Holy Ghost, will ring. Clean. Then you sleep. And you'll be crying. You say, Lord, I'm desperate for you. Lord, give me the anointing of Apostle Joseph Babalola. And the angels are, are watching you. Shall we see how they can see who anointing of Joseph Babala? Do you realize that, you know, I don't know, I'm not an electrician, so I can't explain it well. But we realize that the size of the cable, okay, determines how much power it can be able to retain, right? So if the cable is big, it can be able to retain more jolts of power right if it's very slim it can't take more is that okay now most of you have a small cable you want great power what's going to happen it will blow so some of you go should hear some of your prayers you blow you'll be walking jesus give me power you are no more I'm teaching good here. I wrote something down. I said all the struggles, the busy schedules, the marital struggles, the emotional torture, the depression, the stressing is supposed to target one thing. Your spirituality. <laughs> I repeat myself. All the struggles, the marital headle, the depression, the emotional torture, all those things that basic man goes through. As a Christian, they have one intention to fight your spirituality. But many don't have that intelligence. So, Satan pushes some of these things for the purpose of destroying your spirituality. I've seen people stop praying because they had emotional issues. I've seen people stop reading the Bible because they had a financial issue. So when their financial life is settled, then they go back to go and read the Bible. You are not serious. I'm telling you. These things are static things. Whether there is trouble, there is no trouble. We are still for God. Daniel was told that he should not pray for 30 days. It was signed. When he heard it was signed, that's when he climbed, opened his window for everyone to see him and he started praying. Listen, if
if your spiritual life is regulated by circumstances, you won't go far in your work with God. Never allow circumstances to determine the path of your spiritual journey. Never. It is one of the most dangerous things you can do. Because actually, it is your spirituality that sets all other things in life on its right course. I'm teaching you there. Emotional torture is healed by spirituality for your information. He says, do not be anxious for anything, but in all things by prayer. That's an act of spirituality. Then he says, with supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be what? Made known to God. What's the feedback? Then the peace of God that transcends understanding. So, you cannot worry yourself into peace. So, the very things fighting your spirituality are the very things spirituality is supposed to be fighting. So what happens is that when you allow those pressures to keep you away from the word, keep you away from prayer, keep you away from fasting, what you are doing is that you are rather complicating those challenges. I'm teaching you here. I'm having marital issues. When it's fixed, I'll see what I can do with God. Really? you see what you can do with God. The Lord will help us. Amen. Now, how to know you are making spiritual progress? How to know that you are making spiritual progress? Now, before we go into this, we need to realize that every Christian must guard his spiritual life jealously. Every Christian must protect his spirituality like an egg. You must treat it as something precious. A week without praying, a week without reading my Bible, I'll be sick. I'll be sick. I'll literally be sick. several times one week without bible reading and prayer makes one week you'll be weak you'll be spiritually weak temptations will increase the desire to sin will increase have you realized that it was when david refused to go to battle that he was tempted and fell into sin have you realized that in our case in the new testament david was a man of war that's what we also suggest anytime we fail to put in what it, it, it takes to be able to be on the battlefield battling with our spirituality battling, traveling, training exercising, fighting we will expose ourselves to attacks from the enemy there is no relaxing now, comfort is a thief it's a robber, anytime your life is becoming more comfortable, you are not safe yes anytime you are becoming more comfortable you are not safe as a child of God you're enjoying a breeze. Enjoying season movies. Nothing at stake. The Holy Ghost pricks you to pray. You ignore it. That life 
He says, woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Comfort is a robber. Tell somebody, comfort is a robber. Hmm. So guard your spiritual life. Number one, the first thing to know that you're making spiritual progress. So this teaching, this aspect of the teaching, you should be able to know your spiritual progress by the time you are done and fix it if it's not well. Are you ready? Number one, you will know you are making spiritual progress by your consistency in maintaining spiritual disciplines. You will be able to know you are making spiritual progress by your consistency in maintaining spiritual disciplines. Please try and make some notes. Put some notes down. In this church, this is Heaven's University. You don't come here empty-handed. You should be making some notes because you can't keep everything I'm saying. This is a teaching. I'm giving you points. You can't remember all the points. You have to write. You have to copy something down. As a serious student, that's what you must do. So we always insist, get a diary, get a notebook, and then put down some notes. It's going to save you. Amen? So we said, number one, you'll be able to know you're making spiritual progress by what? By your consistency in maintaining spiritual disciplines. Have you realized it is more difficult to keep a one-hour prayer consistently than watching a season movie consistently? Have you realized that? It's a a battle. See, you you are a hero if you are able to pray one hour consistently for a year. You're a hero. That means you have to you have to fight together. So listen, one of our major fights is to get to a place where we are consistent. Our spiritual life is on pilot mode. We are consistent in maintaining spiritual disciplines. Bible reading consistent. Fasting consistent. You you don't wait for a church to announce fasting. It has become your life. Twice a week you are fasting. So you see, people think when we say fasting, we are fasting to pray for needs. Fasting is supposed to be part of your spiritual journey. It makes you spiritually sensitive. It keeps you on course. It subdues the energy of the flesh. In other words, if you realize some strange lust is lacking in your appetites, go on a fast. If you try some six to six fastings, you realize that it will be taming down. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, listen, you'll be able to know you're making spiritual progress by what? Huh? By your consistency in what? Maintaining spiritual disciplines. <laughs> Keep me. I'm going to read 1 Timothy chapter 4, the verse 7 and 8 in the Living Bible. I asked Mr. Karis to get us the Living Bible, but I don't think he has it. The Living Bible translation. He has still not gotten it. So let me read from here. First Timothy chapter 4, the verse 7. The Living Bible translation. Are you ready? Now, he says, don't waste time arguing over foolish ideas and silly myths and legends. Spend your time and energy in the exercise of keeping spiritually fit. It goes on to say, bodily exercise is alright, but spiritual exercise is much more important, listen to the rest, and it is a tonic for all you do. 
So spiritual exercises are your spiritual what? Tonic. Wow. So you fight for consistency. There have been a lot of ups and downs in my spiritual life over the years. I, I, I had to make tough decisions. Tough decisions. To keep it constantly flowing. Because listen, the power is in consistency. <laughs> Did you hear me? The power is in what? Consistency. Anything you do consistently, it will produce a result. Whether negatively or positively. Whether in darkness or in light. I'm teaching with you. Consistency. Hmm. Let's go to number two. Number two, you know you're making spiritual progress by how your words, your thoughts, and your actions are aligning to the nature and character of Christ. You will know you are making spiritual progress by how your words, your what, your thoughts, and your actions are aligning to the nature and character of Christ. I've explained to you that spirituality is a means to an end and not an end. So, when we are speaking of prayer, Bible study, evangelism, speaking in tongues and all these spiritual exercises, they have a goal. Their goal is to end up making you look like Christ. So, if you are doing all these spiritual things and then your life is not becoming more like Jesus, then those spiritual exercises are not accomplishing their purpose. Are you realizing what I'm saying? So we are saying that you know or realize you're making spiritual progress by how your words, your thoughts, and your actions are doing what? Aligning to the nature and character of Christ. This man of God you see composed like that. I've told you some time ago, some few weeks ago. This is not my, how I am. Oh. So I'm sure you say, oh, as for Papa, as for him, he's, he's a good man. I was not that good. And even now, I'm, st I'm still not that good. God is helping me. But what you are appreciating today, it came of a time of refinery. I'm telling you. So now listen to me. Check your words, how you talk. There's sometimes you can, you can speak harshly on someone and the Holy Ghost will tell you they didn't talk well. How do you respond? You didn't say what you said well. How do you behave? You will realize that you are making spiritual progress by how your words, your thoughts, the things you think about, and your actions are aligning to the nature and character of Christ. That means we'll see love in it. There are some things you realize that no, this one is not an act of love. It's not an act of love. Listen, don't be a Christian on Sundays. Do you hear what I said? Don't be a Christian on what? Sundays. Many Christians are Christians on Sundays. They look Christian. 
only on Sunday. On Monday. Hey! If we come to your house to come and ask about your life, you say, ah, he goes to church. Why? Why? Hey! You know, I know many don't like this message, but I'll preach. life if it's not to please Jesus what's the goal of amassing wealth if that wealth is not glorifying Jesus that's a waste of life and I pray you don't waste your life I pray, I pray I pray you don't waste your life listen the end goal of all we do is to bring glory to him that should be your vision it should be your goal, whatever you're doing bring glory to him if it is not so that thing you are doing is not found in the radar of his will. My sister, check your words. Your words are too rude. Your words bring pain to the heart of people. Your words are not refreshing. Your words are not building people. Your words are destroying people. Your words are bringing relationships down. Your words are crushing the spirit of people. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Yeah, check it out. This week I've apologized to Jesus close to six times. I used the wrong words. Then I apologize. Jesus, I'm sorry. You know, I always tell you this because I'm not Superman. I'm growing my journey with God. And I'm always a sincere person. You know, you can use harsh words on people and you're walking freely. You're walking free. Nothing pricks you. Me, I can't. I can't sleep. I can't pray. Mm -mm. So your words, your actions, and your thoughts must what? Be in alignment. There are days I have to use scripture to bring my mind back when a wrong thought is lacking in my members. It's a sign you are making progress. Please, are you following me? Number three, you will know you're making spiritual progress by how yielded you are to the Holy Ghost. By how yielded or submitted you are to the Holy Ghost. Oh my goodness. When we say how well you are yielded to the Holy Ghost, we are saying how well you are being conquered by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Maybe this will confuse you a bit. In the Christian life, if we want to win, we must lose. We must lose to God. Do you know that the Bible tells us that Jacob, after he had a wrestle with God, the Bible said he prevailed, right? But actually, when you read it, he didn't prevail because the angel defeated him. His, his thigh, huh? his hip bone was dislocated. So he, he ended up walking like this. Yeah, the Bible says he won. How? It is only when God wins over you that you win. For example, you offended someone or you said something the Holy Ghost says you have to apologize. And it's very difficult. And you decided to apologize. And peace was restored. You were conquered by the Holy Ghost. But that's how you won. 
we were worshiping then the holy ghost said that money in your pocket drop it on the altar and walk home walk home home alone you were thinking you were thinking you you were thinking oh, my, my message crap you didn't you were not listening then the holy ghost warned and he came he came to put it down angrily anyway but you lost though you lost because that money you had plans for it but that's how you win listen being yielded eh, is the only way we can be molded being yielded is the only way we can be molded as Christians if you want to gain you must lose for God <laughs> when you open your Bibles to the book of John chapter 3 the verse 30 this verse always blesses me when John the Baptist announced Jesus Christ soon he heard people saying that Jesus is taking all your members away Jesus has come for all your disciples you have to react John John says no I'm a messenger I came to announce him revenge for what then he goes on to say what can we together one to go this is a spiritual principle your progress is determined by how much you decrease for God to increase how much God is amplified in your life apostle Paul says that Christ will be magnified in my mortal body he must increase I must decrease and that's a language of yieldedness in Luke chapter 9 verse 24 see what the Bible said he says whosoever will what save his life shall lose it but whosoever will what lose his life for my sake the same shall save it this is a this is a spiritual secret if some of you came for first service you are here also for second service now it looks like you have lost because you could have used that time to go and do something that loss you made for Christ is how you gain in Christ Are you getting this thing? So ask somebody, how much are you losing for Jesus? Huh. Now we need to understand that there are two groups of believers. The first group is what we call self-controlled believers and spirit-controlled believers. <laughs> so, those two groups of believers, eh, there's a difference, or a very big difference. You can be a child of God, but you are the one in charge of your life. That's why you eat anytime you want to eat. There's no regulation in your life. No one is controlling you. You live on your own. No instructions from the Holy Ghost. You do what you want to do spiritually when you have the time. You pray when you want to pray. 
you do good when you feel like doing good. That's the nature of Gentiles. That's the nature of unbelievers. They are controlled by their impulses. You see, that's how you can't be a Christian and say that I felt like having sex, so I have to go and have sex. What are you talking to me about? You are not spirit regulated. Listen, if you're a child of God, what makes a difference between you and the unbeliever is who, who is controlling, regulating your life. Who is creating boundaries in your decision-making process or pattern? It matters. So a believer who is controlled by self, he is no different from an unbeliever. The only difference is that he's born again. Spirit controlled believers are believers who are regulated by the Holy Ghost. Why? Because they are filled with the Holy Ghost. Have you realized that when air enters into a balloon, the balloon is easily directed? Take a deflated balloon and try directing it. It can't go anywhere, it's at one place. And many, many of you are deflated. Because you are not constantly filled with the Holy Ghost. So you are not, you are not directed by the Holy Ghost. Number four. You will know you are making spiritual progress by how obedient you are to the Lord. By how obedient you are to the Lord. This week, how many times have you been obedient to Jesus? <laughs> I said the difference between maturing Christians and immature Christians is the obedience level. Are you following me? Obedience. I love the Lord. I sense his presence so strong here. Yeah. Let's do this in 10 minutes. Hallelujah. Alright. Number five. You will know you're making spiritual progress by how well you revere God and sacred things. You will know that you're making progress by how, by how well you revere God and sacred things. Hmm. The fear of God has left the church. Many believers don't fear God again. Hmm. But the last time I checked, I'm going to be doing a teaching on that subject. There are so many benefits that are derived from fearing God that if you don't fear God, you'll never see. For example, the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. That means the fear of God is what gives you access to taste of the wisdom of God. Number two, he says the fear of God is a fountain of life. Now he says the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. David says something in Psalm 34. Maybe let me read that for you. Oh my goodness. Look at Psalm 34, um, the verse 11. He called all his children. He says, come ye all my children. He came unto me and I will teach you the fear of God. So he's just about to teach them the fear of God. Are you ready? Now look at the next verse. He says, what man is he that desired life and loveth to see many days? That's long life. 
that he may see good happen to him. Now look at the verse 13. He says, keep thy tongue from what? Evil. And thy lips from what? Speaking vile. He's teaching you the fear of God. Number 14, he says what? Depart, depart, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The fear of God and sacred things. For example, there's a teaching going on and you are WhatsApping, having funny chats with somebody whilst God is teaching you. You don't have reverence for sacred things. That's why a lot of Christians don't benefit from God and they are wondering. Listen, I, I, I was sharing the last time with, with you here that listen, the miracles of God, the power of God, testimonies, glorious things are not just released when a pastor says, lift up your hands and let me bless you. There are so many things that are released even by opening prayer. Are you following what I'm saying? But listen, there is an attitude you need to develop. You must have reverence for God and you must have reverence for sacred things. Ahead of a pastor who not doing church hours. He was supposed to cancel a girl that was battling with lust. That was how he slept with the girl on the altar. The same altar he holds a microphone to preach to God's people the word of God. He slept with a girl on that altar, on that pulpit. And I said, yeah. Yeah. When people fear God, they will fear sin. They will fear sin. Anybody that fears God, fears him. Write it down. Anyone that will fear God or that fears God, fears him. <laughs> so you cannot fear God and not fear sin. It's not possible. Hey, apart from me loving my wife, eh? The fact that God has entrusted me with lovely people like you, I fear to disappoint him. That a testimony will come that this man that was encouraging us to walk with God ended up in the arms of another woman who was not his wife. I fear. And that fear has been accompanied with strict boundaries. Strict you say I'm not a man of God. Sometimes you're not friendly. Eh? What's up? Let me know. Chatty, chatty. How are you, baby? How are you? I miss you. Hey, how are you? I like your dress on Sunday. Wow, wear another color when you are coming on Sunday. Hey! Your lips are lovely. You know, that ointment you put on your lips. I, I like the color. Pastor. Head pastor. Hey! Now when you take a away, what will attract me? Tum tum Nothing will attract me on this guy. So no PA 
be a lady. Hey. I don't have grace. <laughs> My PM must be speaking in tongues. Hey, now what me? I know how will I go and take a fair lady as a PA? And she's coming with the heels. And she says, Papa, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Papa. He said, Papa, please, your files are ready. What do you want, Papa? My Papa was I choose life. Then every Sunday, every weekday before I come to church, I'm battling, Lord, if this, if it's, <laughs> if it's possible, let this come. How? Cap, me twegu. Cap, me twegu. So there's no cap. So if I need any peer, that thing is Linda. Linda is my sister-in-law. Alpha. It's me dum jana possibilities. Any possible fire. I kill him. There are sometimes somebody comes to church fresh, a tempting lady comes to the office. I say, Koku, hang around the office. So every two minutes, someone spy office name. You can ask him here. Ah! So he knows. There was one time a lady did something. And I informed him and my wife so that he becomes a witness to it. We don't hide anything. I went for a meeting with him. I said, when you go, lock the door. Lock me outside. You can ask them. I went with the team. Lock me and go with the key. If, if you come and meet someone there, then it was a marine spirit. <laughs> yeah. Lock me so nobody can access the room. If I go for a program, somebody comes to sell me food, the door is open. Serve the food. And I'm standing at the door. Finish and go. Because listen, I fear. I, see, I fear God. Hey! So I fear woman. Yeah. Huh? So if you're saying you fear God, you fear God, and you don't put boundary, boundary. If my wife is not home and you are opposite sex, unless Sack and Charles are home before you come. And that one, I open all the doors so that fresh air will come in. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I can't be okay. I, I'll come in. I'll go and mess up and hold the microphone and I'm preaching. My message itself is an indictment on me. See, I fear God though. I am telling you to chop church money. I'm rather putting some to it. I'm rather a lot of expenses this week for the program. I am doing underground payments. Underground payments. I told God to get me some money to buy something. Tuesday, he got me the money. And I was telling Prophet Ima. So I'm rather adding to go and steal church money. I said, Pastor Skapa, there's a certain need. There's a certain need. Sign a check for me. No, I signed it. Pa, 5,000. Now, I'm going to in jeans. Hey! Sometimes you give me fuel. That fuel money can finish that same day. Or the next day, I, I withdraw the money, the money is gone. Listen, you throw your meal. Because see, God will bless any man he realizes fears him. Because when you fear God, eh, you eschew evil. There are some things you can't imagine doing. And coming back to him early morning to come and pray. Hey! Mr. Rono. 
And God knows you can go and ask him, I fear God. Any woman I talk to, I tell my wife. So if you have been talking to me, my wife is aware. Tell somebody, fear God. Fear God. That's how you know you are making progress. Because the fear of God will change certain decisions in your life. How you behave will change. One of uh, 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 our opinions here, on Friday when we closed, he was telling, he said, Papa, this Friday I was tempted. I said, what happened? He said, Papa, I want to sell something for a client and the money she gave me exceeded by 820 Ghana cities. And I was broke. No money, Papa! And the voice said, it's a blessing from God. He said, whilst I was going, I was seeing your picture. <laughs> I was seeing a video of you in my mind. He went and came back. He went and came back. Went and came back. He said, no, I cannot walk with this anointed man and do this. He has taught us too much to fail like this. He went back to the woman and said to the woman, your money has exceeded. He said he wanted to give the 800 and keep the 20 Ghana because that one is insignificant. So he's, he was about to say 800 Ghana and he added the 20. He said 820 and gave the money to the woman. He said when it was done, he felt so much peace. Listen, when you are serving God, it doesn't mean there will be difficult times. It, see, there are sometimes your testimony of God will cause you to lose your job. But you see, in time, you lost a job temporarily, but in eternity to be remembered and rewarded. Yes. Testimonies of, of the fear of God. Hey. One man of God went to South Africa. A very powerful posh lady with money said that I want to have a child with you. You, you look handsome. The way you talk, I want to have it. I also want to have taught children. So just you don't need to pay the bills for the child. You just have sex with me, impregnate me, go back to Ghana, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars. Hundred thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars. He didn't have a church building. The ministry was struggling. Hundred thousand dollars. Many of you don't know that sometimes Satan can give an offer. He did that to Jesus, showed him the kingdoms of this world. You know, many of you there are some things that will come as temptations, and Satan is the one showing it to you. And some of you chose it. You chose it. You embraced it. He said he almost considered it because he was not in Ghana. Nobody realized it. That just seemed to be careful. That lady, you are sending a picture eh, of your pen drive. <laughs> that guy, you are sending your naked picture. Oh, no, they are saying, but no one say, Hey, Jesus, Jesus. Now, one day, one day, that relationship will break and you become a pastor. You become a pastor. We are pastor. And so Burma is public. You have married a pastor, but to Nufu at the home. It has been stored. It's in the archives. One time, one time, one day, one day. When you are hot, preaching against sin. Hey. 
You know something I struggle to understand? Eh? If you send a naked picture to the guy and he send a naked picture to the girl, at the end of the day, there will be no show. Because there is no show online. I'm speaking in parables. So why are you worrying yourself? You are setting a fire you can't quench. You are stirring up something you are not prepared for. Am I preaching good at all? You know, the way people are quietly watching me. You see, something I love about LGCC, that this church, you can't say tell them. <laughs> you can't say tell them. What are you telling? <laughs> Listen, what I'm saying simply is that the fear of God will prevent you from doing many things. To open your zip, the fear of God, though, to open your zip and do certain things. Uh-uh, you can't. The fear of God. I fear him. To take money that does not belong to you. To steal. May the Lord help us. Amen. Finally, number six. You will know you are making spiritual progress by your hunger and your thirst for the Lord. By your hunger and thirst for the Lord. Hunger and thirst for the Lord. Now, have you realized that you realize Anytime someone is sick, one of the first signs is that he loses appetite. Have you noticed that? If the person eats four balls of kinky, if you bring those same balls of kinky, he can't eat. You know why? Because he's sick. Likewise in the spirit, when you lose appetite for God and the things of God, it's a sign that you're spiritually sick. And one of the ways you can be able to realize that you are not making progress is your hunger level your desires for the Lord. You realize I guess we'll play Sunday morning. Oh, but so bad, sorry. Then you don't feel like coming to church. Eh? You just don't feel like. It's like a sorry I'm about bedding a It's a sign that you are getting sick. You are getting sick. This is, you know, there'll be times maybe you'll travel, there'll be, there'll be times work will lead you. I'm not talking about that one. You just don't want to go to church. You just don't want to pray. You just don't want to open your Bible. You just don't want it. It's a sign that you are sick. And unfortunately, we have paid attention to our physical bodies. When we lose appetite and we are sick, we vomit the food that comes out. I need to get some medicine. We never say that to our spirit. That we need to get medication. We need to get admitted. We need spiritual drips. And that's how many have killed their spiritual life. Listen, I'm always measuring my hunger level. If I realize that hunger is dropping, quickly fasting, either fruit fast, six to six or three days, you will go. 
Last year, I remember I fasted close to 290 days. Close to 290 days in a year. Last year. We did 100 days. Add that to my 40 days. Add that to another 7 days. Add that to 14 days. Add that to 6 to 6. Close to another 100 days. I'm giving myself a break as it stands now. You see, so before you say that I'm a superman, listen to the things that I'm doing about my spiritual life. So don't say this man is a pastor, so God has given special notice. No, there are other pastors who can't do what I'm doing. So listen, see, all these things I, I, I learned it from men, from men who have worked with God. If you hear of a man that has worked with God, learn his secrets. And when God sees that you're making an effort, he will supply grace to help you sustain it. I'm giving myself a break at least one month of normal eating. After one month, I go back. This year, the Lord instructed me that from June to December, I should fast every day. So calculate June to December. How many days? Non-stop fasting. Six to six. Six to six. Six to six. Six to six. So how is last going to hit me? So every time my spirit man is charged, it's on fire. My mind is on the Lord. I am alert, concentrated, burning for Jesus. Listen, your spiritual life does not happen by chance. You must be deliberate. Because listen, Satan has plans for you. You must make plans for him. Every child of God must realize that you are not only a son of God. Though. <laughs> Go and check. There is a spiritual occupation. The Bible calls you an athlete. The Bible calls you a farmer. And the Bible calls you a soldier. So you cannot just be standing there rejoicing in the son of God, forgetting that you are also put into a battle. Because you are, not, you, are, you are not fighting Satan alone. You are fighting the flesh, you are fighting the world. You need to be armed. Spiritual exercises are necessary for the development of that believer. This year is a year of spirit's life. Anything we will do to help you for the Holy Ghost to bring you to maturity, we'll do it. So hunger Oh, David in Psalm 42. As the deer pants for the waters, so my soul pants for you. Oh Lord. This man here went for 30 days. 30 days on water, in coconut water. So do you think that the way he plays his keyboard will be the same? He was sharing with me encounters he's been having God with, he has been having with God. And this the level God is bringing him to is like that of a pastor. prophetic dream see on last Friday he told me a prophetic dream about the church it was very deep I understood it this man went on 40 days along with me this man he had only porridge for 40 days porridge 40 days he was going to work coming back late evening after the 40 days he was doing this man, seven days, he went for another five days at an, an castle, another seven days only on water. People are pressing into God. This man has been fasting since last year, non-stop. He'll come, relax one week, go back into fasting. Fast three months, non-stop. Go back, fast and pray just like that. Every dawn he's awake praying. He has a group of people he has been leading to prayer. Listen, listen, don't joke. Oh. Don't joke. If you slack, this man fasting. This one will go to work fast from 6 to 4 because of his week schedule. Sat Friday, Saturday, Sunday, dry. Holy on water. He's a manager in an insurance company. 
Nothing happens by luck. Pastor Moses is a banker. He lives on fruits Monday to Friday. He eats on Saturday and Sunday during the 40 days. A banker. A banker. Nothing happens by chance. Nothing happens by chance. We don't just emerge. We don't just make progress. We are not just there and things are happening. God knows you are busy. Yet, listen, anything you deem important, you make time for. Yeah. You make time for it. So if you're not making time for God, it's an indication that God is not that important yet to you. Yeah. It's not important. It's not important. Listen, we have to make progress with our spiritual life. If God is emphasizing on one thing almost every time, have you realized every Sunday God is emphasizing one thing? That means this year God wants you to align in a certain dimension because you may not hear this message maybe next year. You may not hear it. Bow on your hands for the next one minute.